Good morning. I'm the Reverend Jacqueline Sheldon from St. Paul's Episcopal Church at 220 Valley Street in Willimantic, and I'm overjoyed to be with you and would like to wish you a happy Thanksgiving celebration on Thursday and invite you to join us for prayer, a brief time of prayer and reflection, at 9 o'clock in the morning on Zoom. Uh, if you go to stpaulswillimantic.org, S-T-P-A-U-L-S, willimantic.org, and click on the link at 9 o'clock in the morning. You can join us there for prayer. We'd love to have you. Also, I want to remind you that the season of Advent begins on December 1st, and it's only about two weeks away. And we would like to offer you a daily devotional called Practicing Wonder with All Your Heart, Soul, Strength, and Mind to Nourish and Strengthen You During the Season. It follows the scripture readings for each Sunday through Christmas, as we do here on the broadcast, and my weekly reflections will focus on its themes. So if you would like to have the book to go along with the weekly reflections on the broadcast, you can go to our website. Again, that's stpaulswillimantic.org, and scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, and there you'll find the Advent Book Request form. Fill it out, and we will send you a book. All right, let's just take a moment to take a breath here before we get started on our scripture reading. Oh, holy and gracious one, be with us and open our hearts to know your love and your grace and your mercy. Help us to turn in joy, to follow your way, that we might enter into your delight. Amen. Our gospel reading this morning comes from Matthew's gospel, the 25th chapter, verses 13 through 30. Jesus said, be alert, for you do not know the day or the hour. For just as a man leaving home on a journey summoned his own slaves and handed his possessions over to them, and gave five talents to one, and two to another, and one to another, each according to his particular ability, and left home on his journey, immediately the one who received five talents employed them in trade and gained another five. Similarly, the one who had gained who had two, gained another two. The one who had received one went away, dug into the ground, and hid his master's silver. Then, after a long time, the master of those slaves comes and settles accounts with them. And approaching, the one receiving the five talents brought the other five talents forward, saying, Master, you handed over five talents to me. Look, I've gained another five talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You are trustworthy over a few things. I shall place you over many. Enter into your master's delight. Also approaching, the one with two talents said, look, I've gained another two talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You were trustworthy over a few things. I shall place you over many. Enter into your master's delight. And also, the one who had received one talent said, Master, I knew you, that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering from where you did not scatter. And being afraid, I went away and hid your talent in the earth. See, you have what is yours. But in reply, his master said to him, you wicked, slothful slave, do you know that I reap where I do not snow and gather where I did not scatter? 
then you ought to have placed my silver pieces with the bankers. And when I came, I would have recovered what was my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For anyone who has, it shall be given and shall be more than in needed. what is needed. But for him who does not have, even what he has shall be taken away and thrown taken away. Throw the useless slave into the darkness outside. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth there. Gospel of the Lord. This very powerful story needs to have some explanation to it so we can really hear what Jesus is saying about the choices we make and what the difference is uh, between trusting and loving God and just trying to exist in our own abilities and our own skills and wishing God away from us, because that's what this story is about. So let's look at what we can see in this story. Um, to begin with, I want to just mention that chapter 25 is all about judgment. This is like I told you last week. Um, this is just before Jesus goes in and gives sacrifices his life for the for the for the love of the world. And uh, he is in these and Matthew has it set up so in these in these this chapter, Jesus is warning, warning as, as strongly as he can how we're meant to be, how we're meant to know God, and how we're meant to live in the world. So we start out with the First thing with the bridesmaids, the, the ten wise and the ten foolish, and we hear about what happens if you don't care enough about what's going on to make sure you're taking care of the bridegroom. And the foolish ones didn't bring the oil, and they don't get into the party. And now we have this one, which brings it up even stronger. We have the three uh, slaves with the talents, and what happens to them as they go along? A, a huge contrast between um, the the have and the and the and the and the have is taken away. And then finally, in the last piece that we're not listening today to today, Jesus talks about the, the king coming and judging those who would help those who were following Christ and those who would not help those who were following Christ. And in that piece of the story, not only does he imply to them. Uh, what's going to happen to the people who don't help those who are trying to follow his way. But he also implies what their life is going to be like as they choose to follow him. So this is very important to us. This, this chapter is extremely important to us to understand our journey and who we're meant to be and how we're, and how God desires to take care of us while we're walking in this earth, following our beloved Jesus Christ in his holy way to bring glory to God. So with that in mind, I want to talk about a number of words and the way things are used in this in this parable so we can get a clearer idea of what's happening. So to begin with, uh, we use the word, the word is used, Jesus uses the word for the three, uh, three people relating to their master. He uses the word slave. And that word slave sometimes can be translated in scripture and is translated as servant. And that's a different position. I feel very confident that Jesus meant to use the word slave in this parable because the first thing he wants us to understand is who we are in relationship to God. So the thing about the slave, which 
we know, I mean, like, we have to, like, just for a moment, let go of how distasteful and hurtful and sad slavery is, which we all know, and even to this day, there's just so much ramifications from this such a horrible system. But the point about a slave that Jesus wants us to understand is this, that a slave owns nothing. And it is up to the master to provide and take care of the slave, and the master can do anything that he wants with the slave or she wants with the slave. So that position is important to understand that Jesus is saying for us to see ourselves as slaves and God is our master, that we own nothing. We are in a position where we own nothing and God gives us everything and God can call us to do whatever God wants us to do whenever God wants us to do it. So I know that may be hard to, to imagine, but if you really think about it, there isn't anything here on this earth that you have that you were able to get on your own. Just start with your breath. The breath, your, the breath in your body, the body you have was given to you by God. And if we un, if we unravel all of creation, you'll see that er, everything that you have somehow was brought to you by gift of God. So that's the first thing for us to see. That's who we are. And then the next thing that I think is important to see in this after we see the position of, of who Jesus is talking about, those of us who are seeking to follow him and love God the way he loves God, the next thing we have to see is that there's a big difference in attitude. In the first, in the first two slaves who get the five and the two uh, talents, uh, they are they're like gung ho. They get it, and is in, in the the master barely leaves, and they're already out working to use that use those talents to use that talent to uh, generate something for the master. They want to generate it for the master. So when we look at the talents, this is where we can see again how everything is supplied to us by God. Because what a talent is, is it's a weight. It's in in in, in Jesus' time, it was a, a weight. It wasn't a, a coin, a single coin. So a so a talent would be the weight of a talent would equal six thousand pieces of coin for six thousand. Days. In other words, a wake a a, wake, a worker would get one coin a day for their work, and a talent is equal to the weight of six thousand coins. So, if you think about it from that direction, they got a good deal of resources. Even the one who had only one coin had six thousand days wages to work with. So Jesus uses this giant number to help us understand that everything that we have is given to us by God and God desires for us to use it well. So the next thing that's important to recognize here is the design or the or the or the the, the heart and the attitude of the master. First off, the master calls the slaves together and gives his possessions over to the slaves. So he trusts them and he cares for them and he encourages them and gives them, says, here, take care of this for me. And you can see in the relationship with the first two slaves that they trust the master and they love the master and they want to do what the master would want them to do. And the master loves them because he looks at them by their particular abilities and gives them what they need so that they can fully express themselves for who they are. We must see that Jesus paints that picture of the master because when we come now down to the conversation of the 
one who had the one talent and we hear what he says, we see how false what he says is about his assumption of the master. When he says, well, I know who I know you and you reap what you don't sow and you take what you didn't scatter. And so I was afraid and I just put your money in a hole and here it is. You can have back just what you got. Now, first off, look that Jesus says, I know you. And then he describes who the master is. And so when master speaks back to him and he says, oh, really, you, you wicked slave, the one thing that's really important to know about those words in Greek is that this is hugely, that the master is hugely angry at this moment. He's calling, he's calling the slave actually malignant evil, a lazy, malignant evil person. That's how strong those words are. And if you think about it, what Jesus is pointing to is somebody who describes God the Father as one who, who is abusive, and God the Father as someone you have to be terrified of, because that's what that word is, terrified. It's someone who describes him that way and pulls himself away from God and won't respond to God. That person is useless to God. That's why he says, throw the useless one out. And it's, it's important that you see that Jesus is showing us in this story that, that the best choices we can make are to receive gratefully the gifts that God gives us and then use them to the best of our ability to bring forth the best that we can for the glory of God. And that the worst thing that we can do is not trust in, not trust in God and to make up our, our own story about God being horrible and terrible and, 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 and that we, we, we can't, we can't trust him. And, and you can see that even when he implies that in the, in the response from the master, that he's, he's lazy. Um, it's because he, he had a long time to do whatever he wanted to do. Number one. And number two, he actually has as the, the master says, oh, really, you knew I was like that, and so you put it in the ground. I'm supposed to believe that's your story, considering the fact that you, if you really were that terrified that I'm that kind of person, you would have at least given it to this banker to get interest for me? So he's, he's saying this person is delusional, and he's, and, he's, and he's, you know, whatever his reasons were for not working uh, to the glory of God for the, for the master, for whatever reason his, he wasn't working, it wasn't because he thought, he didn't really think the the master was that horrible because if he did, he would have made sure he got him some return. So Jesus is in this parable showing how at judgment time, God's going to see through any of our excuses, whatever they are. But the interesting and important thing to realize is that looking up at the earlier statements for the two that went off and did what they could for the glory of God is that he says, enter into the joy, uh, the delight of your master. I will give you more to do because you were so trustworthy in this. It's important for us to see that choice because in those days, trading was not an easy thing to do. There were cities that had all kinds of things that were going on that you, that people were making things, craft people were making things. There were all kinds of different items around and not everyone could get to the city. So what it would have meant in the way Jesus implied it, what they would have understood is that these two with the five talents and the two talents would have had to get themselves some 
black animals or a boat. They'd have to buy some merchandise and they'd have to travel to different towns and sell it and come back. And it would be hard work and a hard life, but there would also be risks because what if they bought something and they got robbed or what if they bought something and, and it didn't sell? So they had to take risk. They had hard, they had to do hard work and they had to be willing to risk whatever happened and they had to live it day in and day out. And that's what they did. And Jesus wants us to see that. He wants to see, he wants us to see that that's what we're meant to do. So this morning, I want to just encourage you that the way that we continue to grow and know the love of God and, and get more on fire to do what God wants us to do with the resources God gives us is through thanksgiving. It's through saying every morning, waking up and saying thank you and reviewing the day before and saying thank you for all the things that I got yesterday to live that day and thank you for everything you're going to give me today. So this morning, as you listen to our song about Thanksgiving and we go into Thursday for Thanksgiving, I want you to think about being being a possessed and owned and loved by God and given all the resources that you need, particularly for you to bring whatever love and joy and beauty and gift you're meant to bring into the world. God bless you and have a great Thanksgiving. All my words fall short I got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do but every song must end And you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah
All that I have is a heart 